Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Reeves is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, welcome back to another week of the Candidates podcast. Hope you've uh, had a good week. Uh, there's lots of stuff happening in the army world. There's lots of stuff happening in our lives with school back and kids back at school and maybe you're starting university, starting a new job, whatever it would be. But uh, hopefully if you're still exploring ministry, um, that this sort of resource will be helpful uh, to you. Now today we have two very special guests, two people that have just moved into the college as we sit here in the prayer room overlooking the green grass in the air-conditioned comfort. Uh, I have Henry and Cynthia Rorig with me, so it's good to welcome you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Now, who are you? Let, let's start at the very beginning. You've just moved into the college, so um, maybe Henry will start with you. What? How did you get here? We drove. <laughs> okay. We're going to need a little bit more than that, mate. Well, it depends where you want to begin. The, well, tell us a little bit where you came from, you know, your life. Maybe bit of, people are interested in stories, so tell us a little bit about you. Um, I... I started attending the Salvation Army in Craigieburn Corps um, and that was mainly a result of of my mum wanting me to go to a church and me not being able to come up with a reason not to go along. Um, the the long and the short of it is... So what, how, long, how long ago was this? Oh, um, about 10 years. Okay. Um, because they, they ran a, a Sunday evening service so I didn't have work, had no excuses... And my mum wanted me to go to a church and she discovered the Salvation Army had that service and dragged me along. Okay. And then, and you obviously stayed. Yes. So how old were you at that point? About 20. Okay. And who who were the officers at the time, do you recall? Yeah, Majors uh, Gary and Julie Grant. Okay. Excellent. All right. What about you, Cynthia? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So I'm same as Henry, first time... Um, Salvo in my family. I started coming to the Salvation Army in McLeod um, about eight years ago. Um, from there, because um, McLeod Corps shut down as well, yep. uh, ended up in Craigieburn. Um, and yeah, it kind of went on from there. How do you end up in Craigieburn from McLeod? That's not like up the road. You should have ended up at Preston. Yeah, I think I had um, some help from a core officer at the time that helped me find a core that um, I would fit into. Okay. Um, just so I wouldn't obviously get bored and move on or yeah. that sort of thing. So found where I'd fit in. But then also not long before that I'd actually met Henry and we were sort of dating so it kind of uh, helped out. Oh, don't try and be all spiritual. Yeah, it was because no, of him. Was. <laughs> <laughs> just somewhere where I'd fit in and belong and, and follow Henry and, and that's Yeah, good. that too. Okay, well, that's all right. But, yeah, you... it was still the whole commute up there. Yeah. So I'd always miss like the five minutes of the service to begin with yeah. because um, like I didn't drive then so it was um, transport and – the closest, like the first one, I'd have to get like a seven o'clock bus to get there on time. Oh, wow. So it was still commitment. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. So, and you, you two have got kids. We do. Casper so and Barbara, Barbara Jean. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. That's good. What did you do before you came here to college? You, you both worked for the Army. What, what roles did you have? So I was thrift shop manager for the Salvation Army in Ballarat. 
Um, so obviously from Craigie Brown, we've moved on to Ballarat. Oh yeah, sorry. Let's go back. So you ended up somehow you ended up in Ballarat. Fast forward in in Ballarat. What? How did you? How did you get there? What was that about? Well, ultimately, we were. It started because I had lost the job and we'd moved in with my parents, and we came to the point where our lives were stable enough again to say, well, let's move back out on our own. And when we started looking, we just felt God saying it doesn't need to be in the Craigieburn area anymore. Um, mm. Yeah, like we just felt that um, like we'd done all that we could in Craigieburn, like um, within our ministry that we were doing there, um, like we just weren't moving forward with it. Um, there was nothing else we could really do. Um, we thought we'd kind of exhausted all options. And so, yeah, we just seeked God in it and ended up in Ballarat. So it was a big move. We kind of like knew no one out there. Um, and, yeah, just took a leap of faith and yeah. best the, thing ever really. How did you choose Ballarat? Just as in the suburb? Yeah, in like didn't. Um, it just, just kind of happened as an, an idea that was implanted okay. in us and we went and exploring. We went exploring there. We took a day trip and. Sovereign Hill? Well, we've actually never, we've actually been never to Sovereign been. Hill. I can't even believe that. Uh, <laughs> All right, um, but good. yeah, it just felt right, and we committed it to prayer, and everything came back positive. Okay, so you you moved to Ballarat. You obviously then you start working in Ballarat. You're working for the Salvation Army. I was already working for the Salvation Army um, under State Social Command as an admin and finance person for the court and prison chaplains. Okay. Um, so my role changed a little bit and I was able to work remotely, but that work continued. Okay. So, yeah, same job, different location. Yeah. That's cool. And Cynthia, you stayed in the shop. How long did you manage the shop for? Uh, so it was about a year and a half I managed the shop for. But I guess like going back to when we first moved up, it was actually quite hectic for us Um because Henry, yeah, he had the job with State Social Command, but for the first few months it wasn't remotely. So he was actually coming down to Melbourne for most of the week um, to stay down with our kids and then I was okay. up in Ballarat because I had a job up there just to be able to maintain rent and living up there yeah. um, just to push through to what we believed God had called us to. Yeah. Okay. What, what ministries were you involved in at Ballarat? I was predominantly involved in the youth ministry. Okay. Um, what about you, Cynthia? Yeah, so the same thing, like youth ministry, um, but then we touched on a few other things. Um, so preaching, leading worship, um, and then uh, a couple of times did cameo, which is also known as Home League. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so in Ballarat, who was the core officers when you went to Ballarat? Uh, Majors Andrew and Jeanette Van Garland. Oh, okay. So did you ever meet Diane Romari? No. Oh, lucky you. All right. That's good. <laughs> that's getting into that. No, she's a good friend of mine. But that's right. Okay. So you've, um, you're in the core, you're doing ministry, you've, you've taken a leap really to, to move to Ballarat. That's a big thing. Move from Craigieburn, da-da-da, all that sort of stuff. You've got kids. Kids probably settled into a good church life, uh, good rhythm, both full-time employees. So the question is, you know, pretty obvious, why? Why? What? What part of you stirred that said actually the next thing for us is we're, we're serving, we're working for the army, we're serving God through our work, through our, our ministry in the life of the core. Why? It's a big thing. Um, obedience. 
Mm. Um, like for me, my calling began eight years ago. Um, I'd so after I was attending the Salvation Army in Craigieburn, I I, I wasn't saved at that point. Um, I kept returning because I I had friends there, and that's what kept dragging me back. And yeah. you know, a lot along the way, I, I gave my my life to Jesus and. I was I was on a prayer walk one day, not too long after after that point, and you know God, God said to me very tangibly that you will be uh, a full time minister uh, in in the army, and I wasn't quite sure what that meant, but I knew that I had to run out and start pursuing soldiership as my as my first step. Um, at, at various points from since that point, I've I've viewed everything that I've done as the next step in in that journey. Um, and it wasn't until our first, uh, the first commissioning that we went to after we had moved to Ballarat, where we felt that really strong call, both of us again, that you know we have to, we have to actually have to start pursuing this seriously. As so, I mean, a lot of talk about call, but what what does that mean for you? Like a, a lot of people wrestle with it, the, the idea of of being called to something. Well, and then. Um, how do you sort of action that? But ha- like, what what was that feeling like? What was was it sort of an emotional thing? Was it a, just a? It was excitement. Of, yeah. Okay. It was excitement because I, know, I think I think when you're being obedient to God, it is exciting because you get to see so many amazing things happen. Hmm. But not always easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly not my experience. Yeah. Okay. Cynthia, what about you? Why? Uh, so for me, um, I think it's more, yeah, that, that I guess, feeling of calling. But I think for me the calling is more as well like in every job that I've been in or any ministry that I've done, like I've always felt like there's more to be done, there's more that can be done. And um, every time I've been in those situations, God's kind of prompted me to be like, well, why not you? Why aren't you making those changes? Why aren't you doing more? And, yeah, just seeking him in that and saying, well, what is the more that I can do and where can I do it? Um, Where will those opportunities come from? And it took a few years but um, ultimately it came down to full-time ministry, um, not just being attached onto my life but being my life. Um, So I think that like there's a big difference in having a full-time job and then doing ministry at the core because you can't really put your all into it, especially having young kids. Um, like you're either working or you're trying to fit family time in and then, oh, wait, I've got youth group to do as well and it just gets all too much and you're not really doing everything you could be doing. Did you ever think that, you know, once you start having these conversations with, you know, your core officers and other people or actually think this is what we're going to do, did you ever get to the point where you thought actually that's just too hard? The idea of relocating, leaving full-time employment, moving back to Melbourne, doing some study. Did, did that ever come across to you at any point or actually that might be too hard as well? I think um, like God was preparing us for it when we made the move to Ballarat in the first place. Um, so I think I always look at it as God's never going to put me through something he knows I can't handle or that he can't handle. Yeah. Um, so even if in that time I'm going, I think there was probably one or two times where I went, really, like I, we've just gotten comfortable. Like do we really want to? 
Um, but in that as well, we weren't the ones to go to the core officers and say, this is a call on our lives because we wanted to just settle in for a bit and they came to us and said, have you ever thought about? <laughs> and we kind of yeah. went, well, let's have a chat. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> my bias obviously is that I'm involved in officer recruitment or candidates um, and the best candidate recruiters uh, and the people who have more insight into people's lives are, people, are core officers in the local course. So it's a pretty big thing. You're probably strolling along one day in the foyer out the front of the core and they say, hey, hey come here for a second. <laughs> like that's a, that's a big question. But it's a, it's a question that's actually worthwhile everybody asking. Have you, do you feel like there's something else um, that you want to contribute or do you feel like that God is, could lead you in this way? So that's a pretty big faith step for you guys as well. So let's talk about your current arrangements. You're here. You've moved, you've done, you've left in some respects, you've left it all behind and now you're in the college. So you've been here two weeks of classes or first, is this the first week of classes? It's the second week of orientation. Second week of ori- orientation. Um, so you're learning lots of things and where bits and pieces are and all that sort of stuff. Uh, what What is it, what now? Study, do you like studying? Big no. thing for people, people sort of balk at study. Do you like studying? Um I'm excited about the study, so don't get me wrong in that, but I'm also not necessarily looking forward to it because I do view it as something that's possibly going to be quite hard and challenging. Mm. Well, that's all right. Be good for you. What about you, Cynthia? I'm not sure about it, like, <laughs> um, only because, like, through school and everything else I've done, like, even pre-college assignments and stuff, I didn't put a lot of effort or thought into them because kind of like things just come really naturally and so I'm kind of like, is it still going to be the same or am I really going to have to work my butt off? Um, Would you like me to answer that for you? But I don't know, like... I they, do. They could come <laughs> a bit more naturally. Like, Yeah, they might. They might. Like I'm not saying I won't put any effort in but like even... Oh, good. <laughs> but like even like, yeah, the pre-college stuff, like they're not terribly hard but... Like they didn't really consume much time for me. But then like I've seen in Henry's perspective where it took him that whole time to do an assignment, like the two-week block that we had or whatever it may be, where I would knock it out in a day or two but would get the same sort of result. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's different. Everyone's different. And I think the thing is with, you know, whether it's theological study or even the practical sort of experience, some of it comes more naturally and there's other things that you... You have to deal with it's like you know any officership sort of whatever role it is. There's stuff that you you sort of naturally gravitate to, and it's kind of that for me. It's that uh, thing about you know you don't just keep practicing what you're good at. You you sort of you develop in areas that you can you do more, and it's no different for study. And I, I can tell my own story about that. Like I, I'm not a I don't like studying. I don't like books. I mean I like reading, but I don't like. But I learned how to do that, and it was hard, and it was frustrating. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I kept my faith, but there were times when it became really difficult because it just keeps coming in it's like a wave, you know, every time and assignment after assignment. So you're here, you're, you're, it's nearly, you know, you're nearly two weeks in. Um, you, the kids are settled in. Yeah. You know, well, let's talk a little bit about what it's like for families to live here because I think, you know, not everyone who listens to the podcast is a family, you know, it's like with kids and that, but for people with young kids, what, what's it like? being on site with young kids? I think it's great. 
like the kids are having a ball, um, like just with the, I guess their big backyard as they call it. Um, but then also just being able to be around other kids that are doing the same sort of thing. Um, so here there's a big range of ages um, within the children. So I think the youngest is about one and then the oldest I think is like nine. Um, so you've got the bigger ones looking out for the younger ones as well and they're all going through that same change of, well, we've moved away from our friends and family and we're starting at new schools or daycare or kinder or whatever it may be, but they've all got someone there with them. Like none of them are alone, Yeah, which I think for, is really awesome. For people who haven't been to the college, if you go to the EBC uh, website, but the families live in apartments, um, sort of two, three-storey apartments, and then there's a big sort of village green, they call it. Um, there's playground and veggie patch and all sorts of stuff. So it's quite, a, it's quite an open kind of area. It's not a confined kind of space. Henry... When Cynthia said, oh, I love it and, you know, been around all these people and stuff, you sort of went, mm. are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? I am slightly introverted, yes. Yes, slightly introverted. Yeah, so how do you cope in this environment? Oh, Just pull the dinner over? <laughs> <laughs> no, because e- even though it is quite a, quite a good community space out there, we still have that opportunity to, to retreat into our own, own houses, our own spaces and, and just have like me time, just have family time. That's certainly still there. We're not on top of each other, forcing ourselves upon each other. Yeah. No, that's good because that would be a, uh, that wouldn't be helpful. So you, what you're saying is you can live in community but you can be, as a family, do your own stuff but if you want to you can sort of, like I walked through last night and everyone's sitting out, you know, playing cricket and. Yeah, whatever. like if you want to come out and socialise you do that. Like not everyone was out there last night but we also have like a blind rule so if our blinds are down you leave us alone if they're up come and say hi oh, um so okay and and, and people fairness, respect that it's only two weeks in so probably in three months you um you know the blinds will be down permanently everyone will just <laughs> go away <laughs> no of course not because it's a it's a faith community and we don't treat people like that um i want to ask you a question about people who have influenced you uh, you, through your pathway to ministry, you've talked about the Van Galens. Is there any other people that you've come across that, you know, noticeably spoke into your life as an encouragement? Because I think people, again, people listening to the podcast, people want to be encouraged, but they there's also this thing about they need to be encouraged as, as well. What, what are some of the things that people said to you along the way that sort of encouraged you or sort of led you to this point um, of deciding to enter into full-time ministry? Any people? I think, like, for me, like, a lot of it is having that confidence as a leader to be able to go into full-time ministry as well. Um, and for me, a lot of that came from um, Majors Gary and Julie Grant at Craigieburn. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had a big emphasis, and I'm pretty sure they still do, on actually developing leaders, not just having leaders in a team for the sake of having a leadership team and not having people who um, are born leaders but actually equipping people to be leaders. Um, and so it's just holding a few of those fundamentals that they've kept with us along the journey as well. Um, so like I know one of the things that they've said quite a bit is things, they don't just have to look right, but they have to be right. And they don't just have to be right, but they have to look right. <laughs> and so it's just little things along the way, I guess, that help form us as the leaders we are and actually give us that confidence to walk into this knowing that yeah. God's got this as long as, well, yeah, we keep, 
I guess, keep the standard up of where where we're at and where God needs us to be yeah. at this time okay. as well. What about you, Henry? Very much the same. Um, I feel I wouldn't, well, not that I wouldn't be, but I'm not, I'd be a different leader if it wasn't for their influence at, at Craigman Core on us there their faith in us to, to bring us up from where we were. Um, one of the things I, I've held on to a lot, um, and I, I'm not sure, I don't think it's an, an original, um, but one thing that was drummed into us is the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Um, that's, yeah, that's... Something. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I think that's, that's something that's been in, like in, very important in my in my ministry journey that ultimately, like especially doing youth, so much in youth group, like the main thing isn't to keep the youth having fun. The main thing is to you know, teach them about Jesus, share the good news of the gospel with them. Any last thoughts, any comments, any... Uh, tell us, actually, you collect chucks, don't you, Converse shoes? I do. It, what, do you have any interests that we'd be interested in? <laughs> I don't know that it'd be interesting but I have a fascination with orangutans and so I have <laughs> I, I have my own little orangutan family at home. Okay. And um, once and we moved into college and I went op shopping and I found another two orangutans to add to my family. Wow. So my orang- there's one big one who's the mother and then she now has five babies. Okay. Well, I, I've, we've never finished a podcast on that note before, but I think we will. <laughs> That's good. Guys, I just want to encourage you and, and thank you for, for sharing your story with us today, but also for the next couple of years of what, what unfolds with your study and, your, you know, we, the Salvation Army is raising up leaders. Well, not Salvation Army is not. God is. Uh, and people are finding their place within the Salvation Army. So we want to encourage you both. Uh, to keep doing that. If you've got any questions or comments uh, about this conversation, you can leave them on the Facebook page uh, or you can send me an email, <coughs> pardon me, uh, at matt.reeve at aus.salvationarmy.org and if you've got any uh, comments you want to leave, you can do that. Or if you've got any suggestions for podcasts or if you reckon your core officer or someone uh, that you have had experience with would be worth us chatting to, um, then we're pretty keen to get around to as many people as we can to tell the story of officership in the Salvation Army. Henry and Cynthia, thanks very much. And uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for more about officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?